0: Hello and a very warm welcome to Rajya Sabha Television. You're watching The Big Picture with me, Frank Razan Pereira. While addressing the 66th convocation of IIT Kharagpur through a video conference, Prime Minister Narendra Modi urged students to work towards creating better startups and innovating things that can change the lives of crores of people in the country. The Prime Minister asked the students to adopt the mantra of self-three, that is self-awareness, self-confidence and selflessness to overcome self-doubt and obstacles. We are witnessing a new ecosystem in startups, innovation and research areas. We have to work today to get results in the next 10 years. There is no scope for hurry in the field of technology. A technological failure could lead to a new innovation as well. The Prime Minister also said that uh, now is the time to work towards the futuristic solutions of health technology. The situation of the 21st century India has changed needs have changed and aspirations have also changed. Now, IITs need to be taken to the next level in the case of institutes of indigenous technologies, not just Indian institutes of technology. When the world was fighting climate change, India started work on the International Solar Alliance. Today, several nations are working closely with India on promoting solar energy, the Prime Minister added. In this edition of The Big Picture, we will analyze innovation, and global challenges. Joining me on the program today are Professor Ashutosh Sharma, Secretary, Department of Science and Technology, Government of India, Ramanan Ramanathan, Mission Director, Atal Innovation Mission, Neeti Ayog, and Professor V. Ramgopal Rao, Director, Indian Institute of Technology, Delhi. Thank you to all my guests for joining me on this edition of The Big Picture. Professor Sharma, let me begin the program with you first. Let's talk about How much or how far we've come as far as innovation is concerned as a country? Where do we stand today? Where do we need to be in the next 10 years? Uh,
1: Indeed, uh, innovation is an idea whose time has come totally. And so if you look at innovation index, we made uh, huge strides there. uh, Going from 80 plus position to now within 50 uh, top positions. Uh, which may uh, look not uh, that great, uh, but you should look at the progress. And that progress is very steady and is very rapid. Uh, we also have in the world the third largest uh, ecosystem for startups. So our number of startups have been growing very steadily. Uh, and indeed, uh, the what Honorable Prime Minister said in IIT, Kharagpur, uh, that our youth are now totally psychologically, culturally, Uh, prepared uh, to jump into innovation, uh, to have successful startups, and there's absolutely no reason why each one of them would not be hugely successful. They are the best people out there, Uh, you know, they crack the toughest exams, they're intelligent, and they're energetic, and they're totally in tune with the mantra and the culture of innovation. So this is going to unleash a great deal of energy, great deal of ideas all of which then would be converted into new socioeconomic growth. Um, Just to give you an example, uh, you know, you talked about uh, biomedical devices, for example, and we have the example from COVID-19 times. Uh, You see that we didn't have PPEs, we didn't have ventilators, we didn't have diagnostics. We then suddenly could never think about our own vaccines in such a short time all of that happened uh, with the speed and with the scale and the quality which is global uh, so today you know you can supply to rest of the world each one of these stuff uh, and so how did that happen uh, you see it could have happened 5 10 years ago uh, but it all happened because there was a shared purpose there was a clear goal uh, in which uh, our academia for example iits uh, r&d labs startups government uh, all of us actually participated wholeheartedly, and that's really the mantra uh, going forward. Uh, so, so once you are together, you empower each other, you inspire each other, uh, and that's the way to success. There is no problem big uh, you know, to, to, to solve. There, everything is on the table, and I haven't any doubt uh, that every sector, uh, we would have very compelling solutions. Uh, the global quality solutions. Uh, if we put our mind and heart and muscle to it, and, and uh, that's happening. Uh, everybody can see that. A lot of things are happening. Uh, in fact, there's a new policy that Department of Science and Technology is championing. Uh, it's called Science, Technology, and Innovation Policy 2021. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge amount of thrust emphasis on getting our innovation ecosystem working two hundred percent is already working hundred percent. Now, what we need is uh, this great connect uh, between different stakeholders. Uh, and if we can you know bring them together, uh, then this is going to happen. Uh, and uh, and so I, I'm very optimistic that we have come a long way. Uh, it, all of this would have been unheard of ten years ago. Uh, sure. it, you know all this things stuff. and so yes, uh, right. Um, okay there is absolutely no reason and not to work harder on this.
0: Absolutely. Points taken. So, let me go across to uh, Mr. Ramnathan now and uh, let's also talk about, you know, uh, some of the sectors that we have done well, some of the sectors where we need a little bit of hand-holding and some of the sectors where you believe where lots more needs to be done.
2: Um, thank you, Frank. And um, yes, indeed, as uh, Dr. Ashutosh said, uh, we are uh, at, you know, this is a watershed moment in the history of the country where uh, several things are coming together, which is enabling us to think of not just innovation at a local level, but also at a global level. Uh, we have had a very, very successful IT, ITs industry, which has developed over the last 10, 15 years. In fact, the Y2K moment was a watershed moment in our IT history. And out of that sprung a $190 billion IT, ITs industry. Similarly, the COVID-19 moment has been a watershed moment for us, Uh, to realize the power of startups and innovation to be able to deliver uh, very vital solutions that are not only needed in a COVID-19 world, but in a post-COVID-19 world. And it came starkly uh, to the fore uh, when we had more than 1,500 startups who offered solutions which were preventive, assistive, and some curative in nature to tackle the problem of COVID-19. Now, that is just an indication because as Dr. Ashutosh said, uh, we have close Uh, 55,000 startups today in our country, uh, more than uh, 34 unicorns. Uh, 11 unicorns were born in the COVID-19 year, which is an amazing thing uh, for uh, for a country which is going through so much stress to be able to produce these uh, unicorns. And clearly, uh, there are many areas uh, which have been very beautifully and eloquently put by the Honorable Prime Minister in Atmanirbhar Bharat, uh, the pillar of infrastructure, which is very important. Uh, we have to be able to develop. We are a country with a, with a large uh, population. Uh, we have more than uh, 4,000 small towns and cities. We have more than 650,000 villages. Uh, we have only eight tier one cities. And it is very important for us to focus on infrastructure and not only the physical infrastructure, which is smart infrastructure, smart cities, smart villages or smart districts, uh, but we also need to focus on the digital infrastructure, which played a very important role in enabling a life to go on uh, as much as usual uh, during this COVID-19 times. Uh, Whether it is in education, whether it is in healthcare, whether it is in agriculture, or whether it is in transportation, we have a tremendous opportunity to leverage innovation and technology and science to be able to address this coupled with uh, affordable, accessible, available, and advanced technologies. Um, You know, 3D printing, robotics, IOT, miniaturized electronics, augmented virtual reality, Uh, These are all becoming affordable, accessible and therefore artificial intelligence based solutions is now becoming a reality. Uh, We had been talking about artificial intelligence more than 50 years ago, but then nowhere in the history of the world has it made as much sense and become as much a possibility as it is now. So India needs to focus on the Atmanirbar Bharat pillars, uh, which which I talked
0: about, which will enable it to create great solutions for India, but it also create great solutions for the world. Absolutely. All right. So, Professor Ramgopal Rao, uh, you know, let me go back to a point that Professor Sharma was making in his opening remarks about how all stakeholders need to come on board and need to be together really to ensure that we see the kind of innovation that we need to see. Is that happening? How do we ensure that happens? How do we ensure that academia, industry and government, all three come together and we bring out the best, uh, you know, out of, out, out, of, out of all these three uh, hands or wings?
3: I think it's uh, beginning to happen now. Uh, in fact, uh, academia has always been doing good research. India, now, even if you look at uh, the, the rankings in terms of our research output, we are indeed at the third position, depending on which rankings you see. Uh, you know, you are third to fifth kind of a thing in the world in terms of our research output. The idea is now to convert that research into innovation. So, when will that research become innovation? Research will become innovation when there is relevance that is brought in, that you are doing research on a problem which you need to solve in the society. And also, in addition to uh, bringing the relevance, you also need to worry about the delivery aspect, that I have developed a solution, how do I take it to the people, the society? I think that is where the focus now has been. The relevance will happen when you start interacting with the stakeholders. Now for IIT Delhi, for example, to contribute to the defense technologies, we need to establish strong ties with the DRDO laboratories, which is what we have been doing, for example, for the past few years now. And now those research collaborations with DRDO labs or with agricultural labs or with ISRO, the space laboratories, I think that the diversity we need to bring into our campuses, that if we work in silos, identify a problem from the library, you know, the problem, the solution also will go back to library. Nobody else will know what we have done. But if we are picking problems from from the stakeholders like DRDO or ISRO or agricultural areas, then those problems have a you know have a potential you know for for impacting the society and the impact can happen through the startups. Until now, you know, let's say seven years ago, eight years ago, for a, for an IIT professor to have a startup was not so not so common. But today, in some of our departments here, every fifth faculty member will have his or her own startup. So meaning all of us now have startups. so now that that is what we find as a as a channel for us to take our solutions to the society. until now we were waiting for an industry to come take our solutions and then deliver the thing to the society. but now we don't even wait for an industry to come and do that. We are ourselves starting our own companies now and these companies are, are able to take that solution to the to the people that is happening on a larger and larger scale. Therefore, the relevance is happening by connecting with stakeholders. The delivery is happening through the startup. So now that completes the complete cycle of innovation, the research to innovation. And that is how now you are seeing, you know, so much happening out of IITs and so much happening from our academic institutions. I think this, if we continue for a few more years and what has happened during even the COVID time, I think, you know, India will be, will be at a completely different place or space, you know, uh, when it comes to innovation. I think we just need to continue this path a few more years.
0: Sure, certainly. So, uh, Mr. Sharma, let's also talk about another aspect now. When you look at innovation, you know, uh, the government wings, be it ISRO, be it, uh, you know, DRDO or many such others seem to be innovating at a level which is far higher than where the private sector is at. Would you say that this is a big challenge how do we ensure that the private sector too scales up? It's not like there's no innovation in the private sector, but it's not at the scale at which, uh, say, for instance, someone like an ISRO or DRDO does. How do we bridge that gap?
1: No, I think, uh, you know, I wouldn't really, uh, Frank, put it like this. Uh, There's a whole lot of muscle and innovation happening in the private sector. There is, of course, innovation happening, uh, like you pointed out in ISRO, DRDO. The whole point is that they cannot really be working in isolation. And this is very clear. Uh, In fact, you know, ISRO, uh, that they have totally opened up to private sector. It is by connecting uh, that we uh, gain strength and that we fill in the gaps. Let me give you two examples. Uh, The first example that uh, my friend, uh, Dr. Uh, Ramnan mentioned, Uh, So he said about the rise of intelligent machines, AI, machine learning, industry, 4.0, robotics, and what have you. Indeed, all of this rides on data. Data is new water and uh, more precious than anything on this earth because going in the future, uh, everything builds on it. If you would, uh, it's not just data, but you build information on it, you build knowledge on it, you build innovation on it, you build wisdom on it. Okay, so now you see, I'll give you one example of geospatial data. For about 250 years, India had tightly, tightly regulated this uh, sector, geospatial data sector. Geotagging is so important. 80% of data picks up value if you geotag it, uh, which means where is it coming from? What does it mean? And so on, whether it is infrastructure, services, logistics, everything planning decision making governance all rights on it geospatial data and like i said uh, you know that this was uh, it was so difficult for private sector to uh, to collect data in fact it was so difficult even for the public sector like survey of india to collect such a data uh, because it was very tightly regulated now uh, you see that this deregulation uh, has come in which means to do surveying and mapping one does not need prior approvals and democratization of data. What that means is that uh, any data which is collected, which is generated, curated, using uh, public money must be available to all to to use it for development, uh, uh, you know, to private sector at fair pricing, uh, but with total transparency and ease of access. And this is going to be transformational. It's going to lead to innovations in every possible sector. It's going to lead to new startups, private companies, uh, everything. So this is one example uh, wherein uh, you see policies uh, make a difference. So we already have people who are empowered, who are raring to go. What is it that we need now? We need structures, which are right. Uh, We need an architecture. We need processes, which are right. Uh, And we need basically uh, the right kind of policies to back up all those structures and processes. Another example, example that uh, Dr. Ramdan gave, Uh, basically, I started with AI and stuff, of course, deeply related to geospatial data and indeed data of all kind, Uh, in fact, algorithms are dime a dozen. It is collecting data and making sense out of it, which is 80% of the effort. And we must realize this fact as a nation, as a society, that we don't treat our data with contempt, that we don't treat it with the same contempt as a raw material. It is indeed the raw material, but very precious raw material. And, and you know, if you go back, you had, Frank had mentioned IT sector in the early 80s, starting there. Uh, we, we had kind of, you know, we didn't build on it. I mean, it took much longer to build on it. Our foundational strength were people. and uh, But to move up the value chain, uh, you have to, of course, go with the people and the data, but then you have to build applications on it. Uh, this is what brings value uh, to our knowledge and that sure. is happening, uh, uh, right? Absolutely. So have I? Uh, okay.
0: Absolutely. Points taken. I think, yeah, so there is a nice gel there that is ha- happening between the private sector and the uh, public sector as well. And that's something that we need to build on going forward. So since we are here, then Mr. Ramnathan, let's uh, dwell on this particular aspect a little bit as well. So what is it that the private sector has brought to the table? What more can they contribute really as far as? Innovation is concerned.
2: Yeah, thank you, Frank. And I think uh, both Dr. Uh, Ram Gopal as well as Dr. Ashutosh Sharma, uh, uh, you know, alluded to this very important thing that multiple stakeholders are coming together in order to enable innovation and in order to foster innovation. And I'll I can speak from the lens of atal Innovation Mission, with whom uh, with which I've been associated for the last four years. Um, there has been a tremendous participation by private sector as well as by government and academia in seeing how we can work together to first create the culture of innovation, which is as important as, you know, being innovative. I mean, being innovative means you have to develop a culture of innovation at the student level, whether they're at schools, whether they're in universities, or whether they're in the industry. And then second, creating that ecosystem uh, of incubation and partnerships, uh, including venture capital networks, business planning and strategy experts, Uh, domain experts in various areas who can come together and help these startups identify uh, areas where they need support so that they don't fall in the valleys of death as they call in a startup life cycle and in this uh, our experience has been there has been a tremendous positive approach by several uh, companies in India as well as from abroad to wanting to support this innovative ecosystem because they see in it an advantage not only uh, for Uh, their own companies, but they see an opportunity in the global market that can be tapped leveraging the power of this uh, startup talent. The other thing is uh, what has also interestingly happened is uh, we have, for example, at Artel Innovation Mission launched multiple challenges with global organizations, whether it is with UNDP, whether it is with UNICEF. uh, We have recently launched a circular economy challenge with Australia, the Commonwealth Scientific Industrial Research Organization, uh, whose finale was uh, celebrated and felicitated by both the prime ministers of the country. Now, we had more than 1,000 applications for a circular economy challenge. Now, one would think this is a very difficult topic to handle, but we had 1,000 applications and it was very difficult to identify the top 50 and the top uh, 15 uh, from this uh, because the quality of the applications were very good. Similarly, we have launched a global water challenge with the Danish government and we have launched healthcare challenges with the Swedish government. So, there is a tremendous interest by private sector in all of these countries, multinationals like uh, you know companies like AstraZeneca and others who have been willing to support the startups because they see in this not only the opportunity for addressing this burgeoning Indian market but for addressing the needs of the global market, and therefore uh, there is a tremendous interest. Now, how do we foster it? Uh, how do we stitch it together? And how do we incentivize this so that they become an integral part of a larger ecosystem?
0: Mm-hmm. That is something that we need to continuously work on and enable. Sure, certainly. And uh, Professor Ramgopal Rao, uh, you know, there is no doubt that IITs are top notch. They are up there with some of the best uh, institutes around the world. But we should always strive to be better. So, what more needs to be done to take it up a notch?
2: Yeah,
3: I think uh, one thing that needs to be done is to connect these institutions to the societal problem, which we haven't done for a very long time in this country. We treated uh, education or academic institutions only for the purpose of educating students. But we never, for example, told IIT Delhi, you solve the Delhi air pollution problem. Or you you now develop solutions for solving the agricultural productivity problem. I think that engagement is something which is required. And there is a lot of inherent talent in the system now it is beginning to happen now that uh, you know government is asking iits to take up real challenging problems and find solutions even during the covid time as professor ashutosh sharma mentioned we were ourselves surprised you know with the kind of innovation that happened on our campuses in either treatment, treating the covid or or preventing the covid or even the diagnosis of covid detection of covid in all these cases we were able to develop technologies and put them out into the into the market and uh, I think, you know, there is a lot of depth uh, in, in these institutions, and we need to start engaging them, uh, you know, in solving real-world problems. And, and I think the solutions can be found. And I call, you know, the one of the things that we need to do in IITs is bring unlike minds together. Now sending our students to internship, do internship in villages. Now when, a, when an IIT student goes to a village, spends a couple of months with the farmer, it is going to be an eye opener for the student to know what what is life in a rural area and then when they come back they come with those problems and then they can use all the resources available on the campuses to to solve find solutions to these problems similarly so we call them the immersion programs so we are now developing more and more immersion programs where we immerse our students at places where there are problems now many iit delhi students and faculty go to all india institute of medical sciences and they 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 stay with the doctors and see how what are the kind of challenges that the doctors face. And similarly with agricultural labs. I think through these immersion programs, if we can expose our students and faculty to the real-world problems, they pick up those problems as their research areas and then develop a solution. Like I mentioned before, now using the startup kind of a route, they will be able to put out the solution, and that is happening now. For example, IIT Delhi, six years ago, seven years ago, was filing. 10 patents, 15 patents. In 2020, despite the COVID, we filed 153 patents. Now, in 2021, we will easily be crossing 200 patents kind of thing. So, if these institutions are developing now, filing, protecting the IP, out of this IP will come the solutions, out of this IP will come the startups and the future, you know, global companies.
0: All right, then, it's time to get uh, closing comments from all my panelists with the best way forward. Starting first with you, Professor Sharma.
1: Uh, the best way forward, indeed, is to tweak our structure, processes, architecture and policies, and that's happening uh, with very great speed. Uh, and it's already showing the results. I'll just give you an example. Uh, the new program, Nidhi, we started five years ago in Department of Science and Technology. Uh, it made more incubators and startups in the last five years than in the previous 50 years. And how do we know that they are succeeding? A third-party analysis showed that in the last five years, they created 27,000 crores of new wealth and more than 70,000 direct jobs. So, uh, so, so we we must of course uh, you know capture the outcomes, uh, outputs, and learn from there. And this is a continuous process. It's happening. What was special about Nidhi? This there are some lessons from there that would tell us actually how to go forward. The lesson is a startup actually is a twilight zone between. Uh, academia, R&D on one end, and the market on the other. And this whole chain in between has to be empowered. Uh, This is scouting, training, mentoring, uh, prototyping before incubation, seed support, fellowships, uh, networking, exit plans, business plans, what have you. Each one of these processes have to be totally strengthened. And that's basically what we did, And, and just roll out this stuff. And uh, I haven't any doubt that great things are happening now and they would actually pick up further steam. And uh, the, the reason for my optimism is manifold. We don't have time to share that, but I guarantee you that five years when we come back here on this program, you would see 5X number of startups than what we have now. And that would be a great thing to happen.
0: Absolutely. It will be a great thing to happen and we are all looking forward to that happening as well and hopefully five years from now, we can talk about it as well, Professor Sharma. All right. Uh, Mr. Ramnathan.
2: Yeah, India is a country with a billion people and a million challenges. But a million challenges are a million opportunities for our young students and very innovative students to go after and create entrepreneurial units, not only to address these challenges, but also to create solutions for the rest of the world. So what is important in the way forward is we create this very vibrant ecosystem of innovation and entrepreneurship spanning the length and breadth of a country with all the stakeholders taking equal participation because it is in their interest and making sure that we are also taking some three great advantages that India has. One is a demographic dividend. I mean, we are the demographic dividend and it is an envy for the rest of the world. Uh, We have one of the fastest growing economies of the world. So that's an environment where by innovation, entrepreneurship can be supported uh, by venture capital, by the growing economy, and so on. And third, yeah. we are living in a world of very advanced, affordable, accessible, and available technology. And technology can play an immense role in reimagining uh, new solutions for existing problems or anticipated problems. So we have a tremendous opportunity to become one of the fastest growing innovative nations of the world. And I think we should just take it by the horn
0: and move forward very, very aggressively. And Professor Rao, close the show for us with your concluding remarks. Yeah.
3: I think you know, as we all know, R&D, the research and development, also has another acronym, the relevance and delivery. I think that is what is required in our academic institutions today. And for that, we need to become creative. I think creativity in our higher educational institutions is as important as relevant the, the literacy at the grassroots level. Now, but how do we become creative? For, for us to become creative, we need to you know, become the melting pots. Uh, uh, for uh, for unlike minds on our campuses. So IIT students should be interacting with farmers, IIT students should be interacting with medical doctors, or people from very different segments of the society. So by call unlike minds, people with different attitudes, that is where the industry people will come in, people with different disciplines, uh, disciplinary backgrounds, or people with different cultural backgrounds. I think when we bring all these people together on our campuses, that is when creativity will occur that is when solutions will be found and that is how our institutions will become world class.
0: Absolutely, and on that note, I'll call it a wrap on this edition of The Big Picture. Thank you to all my guests for joining me on the program and putting things into perspective for us. What's coming out of this discussion is that all stakeholders need to be on the same page if you have to see the kind of innovation that we want to see. Policies are in place, everything is going well. We need better structures going forward. Correct uh, institutes, Uh, with or other connect institutes with uh, uh, societal problems and that's when we can see uh, more solutions coming about. Innovation is happening everywhere. We have to create a holistic ecosystem, take all stakeholders on board and inform, educate and empower the entire nation. There are challenges of course that galore but they also provide opportunities and that's why the future is bright for innovation. With that, it's a wrap. See you again next time.